Good morning, church. Today's a special day. As we all know, um, we're here today not only to celebrate Jesus, but to be thankful for a monk, a very specific monk. And this monk that I'm talking about is obviously Adrian Monk. Um, If anyone knows, I'm just kidding. So who are we really here to talk about today? We are here to talk about Martin Luther and what God led him to do for us. So what do we know about Martin Luther? He was born in 1483. His father wanted him to be a lawyer. He had lots of training and lots of schooling and just realized this is, this is not how I'm feeling led. I'm not loving these classes. And as he continued on, one day he was riding and there was a lightning bolt right near him. And he was like, whoo. I think his life like flashed before his eyes and he saw his sin and he just knew, I cannot do this. And while he was in that fearful place, he said, oh, help me. I think he cried out to one of the saints, help me, help me and I'll be a monk. And then he survived, obviously. And so then he felt like he needed to follow that on. So he becomes a monk. So he lives as a monk for a while. And then he starts hearing about this guy going around. He became a professor in Wittenberg and he was a priest And he starts to hear about this guy going around selling stuff. His his name was Johann Tetzel. Tetzel sounds a little bit like Hetzel, (laughs) which really worried me when I realized I was going to be speaking on this today. Please know I am not selling indulgences. So what are indulgences, you ask? Why, Why was Luther bent out of shape about... Tetzel selling indulgences. Um, if you play this type of monopoly, it says get, up, get out of purgatory for a fee. An indulgence is a way to reduce the amount of punishment one has to undergo for sins. It may reduce the temporal punishment for sin after death in the state or process of purification called purgatory. So I'm not going to go into all the details about that, but basically the understanding was if you had not lived a life up to what you were supposed to live, then you'd be in purgatory for a while, but you could buy indulgences either for yourself for when you died or buy them for people who were already dead that could then get you out of purgatory sooner. Tetzel used to say something like, as soon as the gold clinks in the, how did he phrase it? Um, Clinks in the pot or pan, a, a, a soul is freed from, I I butchered that. (laughs) So obviously I'm not Tetzel. Um, But basically he just went around and he was raising money because what he wanted, what he was doing, the Pope had instructed him, was to get money because they needed it to to build um, St. Peter's in Rome. So they're raising all this money and Luther just kind of goes, what is this? And I'm so thankful because I recognize that God's hand was on Luther's life so strongly that he prepared him to be able to, with his lawyer experience, with his growth and knowledge, to be able to speak against these lies. Okay? So how did he respond? Play it. To Albert of Mainz, father in Christ and most illustrious prince, 
Forgive me that I should dare to write to you. I make bold because it is my duty to serve you and to warn you of the crooked practices of those who claim to represent your grace. preaching of indulgences, but of the gospel. Forward this to Rome. Christians are to be taught that he who gives to the poor or lends to the needy does a better deed than he who buys indulgences. If the Pope can empty purgatory, why would he not do so out of love rather than for money? My God, who is this Martin Luther? Fritz? What? Dr. Luther wanted everyone to see that. And everyone will. And it spread like wildfire. And I love that scene because of the pounding on the door and how it reverberated through the church. And it continues today, 500 years later. Can we just thank God for Martin Luther today? All right, so why did Martin Luther write what he wrote? This is the quote from the beginning of his 95 Theses. It says this, Out of love and zeal for truth and the desire to bring it to light, the following theses will be publicly discussed at Wittenberg under the chairmanship of the Reverend Father Martin Luther, Master of Arts and Sacred Theology, and regularly appointed lecturer on these subjects at that place. He requests that those who cannot be present debate to debate orally with us will do so by letter. Out of love and zeal for truth, he wanted to bring it to light. He wanted to raise up scripture and point out what he recognized was false to help us and those around him know the truth. So our sermon text for today is from Ephesians, and it's most of Ephesians chapter four. We'll read it in different snippets. And you may go, that doesn't sound like a normal Reformation Sunday scripture. It's not. But it is tying in with our series on loving one another. And so I want to tie in how we're called to love one another well with actions that Luther did and how he lived. So let's go to Ephesians chapter four, starting at verse two. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, and through all and in all. I want to read verse two again. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. That's the starting point. We've got to, as we've been referring to in this series, we've got to be filled up with Christ's love before we can love others. Keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Unity is hard sometimes. 
It obviously was hard in Luther's day. It's difficult because we're sinners. Our Lord Jesus wants not only our church, but Christians as a whole to live in unity with one another. And the only way that's possible is if we love one another. We love him first, and then we love our neighbors. Starting at verse 11. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind and teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. All of us have gifts. All of us have different skills. God calls all of us to use those skills, whether we are prophets, apostles, evangelists, pastors, teachers, or any other gifts that he's given us. God wants us to use those to build up the body so that we reach unity and maturity. I want to read verse 14 again, and as we read it, I want you to think about what Luther did. Starting at verse 14. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. Did Luther want to start a new church? No, not at all. He loved his church. He loved it just as he loved Jesus. And he wanted, he wanted it to be righted. He recognized the craftiness and the deceitful scheming. He, re he recognized the manipulation and he saw in scripture what it clearly says that we are saved by grace through faith. This has nothing to do with our own works. He recognized that and he said, I need to stand up for this. And so he spoke the truth in love. He spoke the truth in love. He stood up and said what was hard. And praise God for the printing press, right? For such a time as this. It would have been very hard for him to share the truth without that. Today we have the internet. We can use that wisely or we can use that poorly. Students, be wise about what you post. Quick thought. All right. Um, verse 22. You were taught 
with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. I'll say it again, verse 25. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. For we are all members of one body. The point that I want to make today is that just like Luther was called to speak the truth in love, we are called to do the same for our family members, for our church, for our neighbors. We are called to speak the truth. Now, that is not always easy because what does it say right after our text? I'll read 25 again. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. Much of the time, when we are prepared to speak truth, there's this emotion inside that is driving us to do it. And most of the time, it's anger. Hopefully because we see injustice. But there's plenty of times where we feel strongly about something that's gone wrong, and I'm going to tell them how they messed up. And it's not done in love. God calls us to speak the truth in love. Now, Luther spoke the truth, and I would say in love, because it wasn't super argumentative. It was basically, if you read through the 95 Theses, it was really academic in a lot of ways to say, well, how can this be? I don't understand this. But they took it as such a strong challenge. And because it caused so much, oh my gosh, we've never thought this way, it just blew up. Did Luther always speak the truth in love? Did he always speak the truth? No. Um, if you study and learn some about Luther, he was very derogatory toward Jews at the end of his life. So do we worship Martin Luther? No. Do we worship Jesus? Yes. Do we appreciate Luther for how God used him to set us free from lies? Yes. Luther was not perfect at this, and neither are we. So here's four things that I think we need to keep in mind when we are feeling led or really passionate to share the truth. First, when we are trying to speak the truth in love, we've got to love Jesus. And it goes back to what we've talked about the last couple weeks, where we have got to have quiet time, where we have got to be so in love with Jesus that he pours his love in and out of us to those around us. We've got to love him first. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and all your might. 
and then love your neighbor as yourself. If you do that first, his love will flow out of you to others, okay? So first, you've got to love Jesus. Second, you've got to ask, is this for unity or building up? Is this for unity or building up? As we read in Ephesians, in verse 12, to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Out of our anger sometimes, it is very easy to just feel like we need to set this right. And we need to pause. Because most of us are wired one way or the other. We're either a shepherding person, a relationships person, a peacemaker, or so that would be like a golden shepherd. Or we're wired a different way, which is more like a lion, which sees something wrong and says, I'm going to make this right. I'm going to fix this. You're doing it wrong. And we need both. Because sometimes golden shepherds never speak truth. And sometimes lions only speak truth and not in love. God wants us to find that middle ground of truth in love. So a question that I think we need to ask is, is this for unity in building up? 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 speaks to this. This is... Um, not the uh, NIV version. I'm not sure what version it is. So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so that you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep on doing it. We're supposed to speak words of encouragement to one another. Can words of truth be words of encouragement? They can. Because they are pushing us to be who God has called us to be. It's building us up. It's sanctification happening. But a lot of times, we get ahead of ourselves and we just speak the truth out of bitterness or anger. Thirdly, so we got love Jesus. We got to ask, is this for unity and building up? We've got to remove our own plank You've heard this before. Often, whose sin is it easier to see? Your neighbor's or your own? Your neighbor's. Because it's obvious. It's just staring you in the face. What the heck? They take their dog into your yard and they poop. What is going on? It's so easy to see the speck in someone else's eye that we miss our own. So I encourage us, when we are feeling led to speak truth, slow down and prayerfully consider what might my plank be in this? And pause and pray about it. Because there may be something that God is doing that you don't even see that you need to see in yourself. I recognize in my own life, there are times that I speak and I feel very strongly about something, but I think I'm speaking out of fear or worry instead of love. So I encourage us, remove your own plank. 
Don't speak truth without doing so. And then fourth, we've got to eliminate fear. Now you say, why? Why is that on there? We got to love Jesus. That makes sense. Is this for unity and building up? Well, that makes sense. We got to remove our own plank. Got it. Eliminate fear. I think a lot of us often do not speak truth because we are fearful, because we don't feel like it's our place. God may have helped us to see something very clearly that needs to be spoken to someone in love, and we don't do it because we're afraid. What might have happened if Luther had been afraid? We might not be sitting here today. God calls us to speak the truth in love, and when he is laying it on our hearts to speak to another brother or sister in truth, we do it, and we don't let fear stop us. I have a video I'd like to show that will help you see what happens when we let fear stop us. Getting caught up in bullying, it's so easy because you're just glad that you're not being bullied. It's been hard for me to stand up for other people because I feel like I'm already a target. It's just easier to do nothing. We stop. Fine. Dude, ow. Fine. Stop. Fine. Ow. Stop. Do you have any friends? Yes, I just heard you. What are you even doing here? It's almost <laughs> too easy. Ow. Stop. Ow. Come on, come on. I get it. Maybe you are a little bit more. Oh. You think you're special? One more Virginia meal. Dude, stop. I just opened it up and it's all. Smash. Did you order bullied or unbullied? Bullied or unbullied? Yeah. Do you have a manager that I can speak to? Because that doesn't make yeah. any sense. Hi, Hi, how's it going? I was given this. Did you bully this burger? Well, yeah. This is a defenseless Whopper Jr. He can't defend itself. I don't mean anything by it. It's just for laughs. Just, just give me my burger, man. What the is going on here? What are you? Is there something wrong with you? Because that's clearly what happened. can't be serious. Had you seen me bullying this burger, would you have stood up and said something? Yeah. It's good to know. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. What's your name? Uh, Reese. Hi, Reese. We're just having fun. You having fun? He's not having fun. So therefore, I think you guys should just leave him alone. Claire, this feels better to me. Have you ever been like messed with before? Oh my god, this is like the ideal world is where if somebody else sees like something weird happening that they'll come over and be like, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. To feel defenseless, that's, that's the one of the worst things in the world. Chelsea came and she would just tell them that it's not okay. Because it isn't. Something I'll never forget is my friend standing up for me. I've been that kid, so 
If I see it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do something about it. And I hope there's more people out there like that. Twelve percent. Twelve percent stood up. Why do we care so much about our food? It looks like that in our stomach. Twelve percent stood up and helped that kid. They spoke truth when it needed to be spoken. I would say those customers were modern-day Martin Luther's. They were standing up for what is true when they saw it. I did not make this. I found it, but I think it's cool. We are called to be modern-day Martin Luther's and speak the truth in love when God calls us to. Does this mean it's easy? No. Does this mean we might be persecuted? Some high school boys might make fun of us? Yes. God calls us to speak the truth. And if we are too afraid or too comfortable to not do it, the body of Christ suffers. Pray and ask God to help you get out of your comfort zone to love those around you by speaking the truth and doing it in love. And they may not listen. Whoever you speak to may not listen because they didn't listen to Luther. But that's okay because you will have been obedient to what God is calling you to you to do and you will be blessed for your obedience by peace and joy in your heart. Amen.